I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Dreams have always been a source of inspiration, escape, and eureka moments. Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein based on a dream she had. As Ramanujan and Thomas Edison incorporated dreams into their intellectual processes, and even August Kekulé, who discovered the structure of benzene, said that the idea came to him in a dream. And very soon, you could be saying the same: that your dreams are helping you make major breakthroughs. At least. That is the promise of an American lucid dream startup, Prophetic. The startup recently unveiled Halo, which is a non-invasive neurostimulation device designed to induce lucid dreaming in the wearer. So far, so sci-fi. Worn like a crown, Halo uses ultrasound signals to apparently stimulate the part of the brain associated with awareness and decision making, in a bid to give the user control over their dreams. The startup says that lucid dreaming. frees you from the real world constraints of physics and logic and that halo's only limitation is the wearer's imagination however many other companies made the same promises in the past but none have ever been able to deliver consistently according to the independent neuroscientists estimate that around 70% of people experience lucid dreaming at least once in their lives but most of these cases usually just involve awareness of the dream that is you know that you are inside a dream but it's only a lucky few who can actually control them now i don't know about you but i've always been jealous so this new space age headband has got me really excited and i'm not alone clearly because prophetic has also raised over 1 million dollars in funding though halo is only set to hit the market by the spring of 2025 at a cost of around 1500 to 2000 prophetic has a waitlist ready Where you can book the Halo for hundred dollars. The dream startup is marketing the device as a way for people to work while they are sleeping. A tagline says that the device offers the ultimate sandbox for divergent problem solving. And while the idea of getting to work without having to get out of bed sounds all too appealing, the premise is also all too familiar. I mean, we don't know how efficient the Halo is, but if it were. it will be yet another way for companies to squeeze as much productivity out of you as they can now even while you're sleeping i also don't know what we will do with these ultra productive humans when ai is promising to take over all our jobs but anyway skynet still hasn't taken over the world and the androids we have aren't anything like the ones in blade runner so maybe a corporate tech fuel dystopia is still too far in the future to worry about For the next few minutes you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hi, I'm Rajneel Kamath stepping in as the host for this week and this is the deep dive for 7th December 2023. In North Indian weddings all the fun happens at the buffet because well that's where all the guests are. Nobody in the slightest cares about the bride and the groom and inside that fairly crowded buffet hall there is always this one hot spot where huddles and huddles of very competitive guests 
Clad in three-piece suits and sparkling saris, are trying their best to elbow each other in a bid to get a tandoori roti on their plates straight out of the tandoor. I personally never got the hype of it. I mean, yes, sure, tandoori roti is softer and slightly burnt and a little bit smoky. But yeah, that's about it. And if you live in Delhi or Gurgaon or the national capital region, the air is always smoky. Anyway, most Indians don't share my indifference and unabashedly love the tandoor as well as the dishes that come out of that charcoal-fueled, urn-shaped traditional oven. It's like a whole cult of smoky cuisines. Tandoori naan, tandoori aloo, tandoori roti, tandoori chicken, tandoori paneer, tandoori gobi, tandoori mushroom, tandoori pizza, and several dozen types of tikkas and kebabs. I can't name them all. I'll run out of breath. But lovers of tandoor, we have a problem, and it has something to do with burning charcoal. On average, for instance, all the tandoors installed in thousands of restaurants in Delhi. Collectively burn 30 kilos of charcoal in a single day, and emit 1,758 kilos of lung-damaging PM 2.5 particles. Now these are not my calculations. This is what a 2016 study by IIT Kanpur revealed. So basically, the tandoor is contributing to pollution. And since that study came out, Delhi's municipal corporation has waged a war on tandoors. I'm not making this up. I'm serious. They're calling it tandoor demolition drives. In fact, as Paras Singh of Hindustan Times reported, over the past month alone, the civic body has destroyed about 1,322 tandoors in a bunch of Delhi restaurants. The Municipal Corporation of Delhi reportedly insists that besides stubble burning and vehicular pollution, charcoal-fueled tandoor is one of the main sources of the lung-damaging PM 2.5 particles in the capital. The city of Bhopal has also seemingly adopted a similar policy. Restaurateurs are obviously not thrilled. In pressure, many restaurants have switched to LPG fuel tandoors, but lament that the tandoor's quintessential smoky flavor is gone. Irshad Qureshi, owner of the famous eatery Qureshi Kebab in Old Delhi, told Hindustan Times, and I'm reading that out, "Our elders had it right. The real taste comes only with a traditional fire." The kebabs don't cook uniformly on the gas. End quote. Others, however, are resisting. Vinod Chadda, who is the managing director of Moti Mahal Restaurant in Delhi's Zaria Ganj, admitted to the newspaper that he was fined for not banishing the traditional coal-fueled tandoor, but he has decided he would not give up. To be clear, his restaurant uses a chimney and an emission control system. Here, precisely, is where it gets tricky. When the Delhi Pollution Control Committee first restricted use of the tandoor back in 2018, it said in a gazetted notification that the use of the wood charcoal in tandoor is permitted only with "quote unquote" channelization or control systems. An MCT official also confirmed to the Hindustan Times that the use of wood charcoal with an emission control system is permitted in Delhi. Restaurants, however, allege. That officials from MCD harass them even when chimneys and emission control systems are in place. Sandeep Anand Goel, who is a member of the National Restaurant Association of India, told the newspaper, and I quote: "We have heard from so many restaurant owners that just to avoid being harassed by the MCD annually, they have to switch to LPG." End quote. Now that's my takeaway. There might be policy loopholes, and nonetheless. Delhi civic body has pressurized many businesses to limit their use of charcoal burning tandoors. This tension between preserving local cuisines and flavors and switching to cleaner fuels 
even cleaner food, is in fact playing out globally. Consumers in rich countries are being persuaded to ditch beef and bacon for environment-friendly lab-grown meat. However, the complaint is the same. Just like the dishes cooked in an LPG-fueled tandoor lack the traditional tandoor's quintessential smokiness, lab-grown meat doesn't taste quite like actual meat. Anyway, for the time being, there will be no tandoori nights for Delhiites. If you like listening to The Signal daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast, so feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.com. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. This episode was researched, written and produced by Dhruv Sharma and Anup Semwal, edited by Dinesh Narayanan and mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirwan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. <laughs>